Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everybody. Laszlo Montgomery here, back once again for another nice, juicy Chinese saying to add to your collection. I hope by now you've tried them out here and there and that they've been of some use to you in the course of your daily life. Today is another great one. Again, one of my personal favorites, because this one, well, I use it all the time. Such is my fate. Duin yu tan qin. And to learn where today's cheng yu came from, as we always seem to do, we travel back to China's most ancient evenings. Not as far back as the Warring States period this time, but the story behind this Chinese saying does take place during the Eastern Han, which is still pretty far back, a couple thousand years ago. The source from which this Chengyu sprang from was called the Mozi Li Huolun. Not a well-known work, but as far as Chinese Buddhist-related classics go, it's one of the bigger ones. Master Mo's Treatise on Settling Doubts. Mostly this work is referred to as the Mozi. Let's introduce the stars of today's drama. Top billing, no surprise here, goes to Mo Rong, also known by his nickname of Master Mo, or Mozi. Don't confuse him with the other Morong from the Tang Dynasty. It's two different people, but same name, strangely enough. We're in the early years of the Eastern Han, around the year 50 or 60, to give you a bit of a time stamp. Morong was a Confucian scholar official who had been an early convert to Buddhism. He knew his Confucian classics and his Buddhist scripture inside out and was particularly good at explaining Buddhism to the uninitiated and what it was all about. And this work, the Mozi Li Huolun, like Plato's Republic, is a dialogue between Mozi and someone, presumably a Confucianist, and all his questions regarding Buddhism are explained. Mozi was a master of the Confucian classics, and he had his special way of explaining answers to questions that some of his fellow scholars posed to him about Buddhist teachings. And with all that info now playing in the background, without further ado, let's look at the four characters of Dui Niu Tan Qin, one by one. You'll see with this one, you can almost figure out what this one's all about once you hear the meaning of each of the four characters. Dui Niu Tan Qin, Dui in this case, means to face or towards. Inyo is a cow or an ox. Tan means, well, among a few other things, to play, like a musical instrument, one that has strings, a guitar, zither, a lute, or a piano. And qin is a zither-like instrument of China that had seven strings. So, duinyo, facing the ox, followed by tan qin, which means to play a zither, or play a lute. Face ox, play lute. Hmm. Before you jump to any conclusions, let's get to the story, which reveals the hidden meaning. Okay, we already know of Mo Rong, a.k.a. Mo Zi. So one day at the palace of the Han Emperor, his Confucian colleagues hit him up and inquired 
why it was that every time they asked him about the Buddha Sutras, he always had to start quoting from the Shi Jing or the Shang Shu or some other Confucian classic from the Zhou Dynasty to provide an answer. Couldn't he just explain it at face value? Mozi, he said to them, look, guys, you have almost no understanding of Buddhism whatsoever, but your grasp of the Confucian classics is second to none. If I start discussing Buddhist sutras with you, I'm, I'm spinning my wheels. How are you going to get what I'm saying? I have to find some medium to convey the meaning to you so that you can have your questions sufficiently answered. Mozi continued, let me give you an example. Do you remember the musician Gong Ming Yi? He was real big in the Warring States period, top Qin performer in China. A little eccentric, but quite a musician. When he played, he brought down the house every time. But one day, Gong Ming Yi was out in nature, playing his Qin in the fields, and completely absorbed in his music. He was doing one of his most famous and inspirational pieces, Qing Jiao. Yet it bothered him. Why was it that all the cows grazing in the field where he had sat himself down, why were they completely unmoved by his playing? They just stood there, completely unawares, chewing their cud, and seemingly oblivious to such magnificent sounds emanating from his instrument. So Gong Ming Yi changed things up a bit and played a few riffs that mimicked the sound of mosquitoes, flies, and even the sound of a lowing calf. And then he saw all the cows in the field, every one. Their ears waggled, they looked up, and started swishing their tails happily, seemingly affected by the musical sounds they were hearing. So the Confucian colleagues of Master Mo nodded their heads silently, and Mozi said, Hey, no offense, fellas, but if I'm going to give you direct answers from Buddhist scriptures... It's like Gong Ming Yi playing his chin to the cows. He had to find a way to make a connection. And that's all I'm doing by bringing in the classics to explain myself to you. Well, these gathered officials mumbled amongst themselves and nodded to Master Mo, but I'm not sure how they felt about this kind of comparison. But the use of this idiom, Duenyo Tan Chin, quoted from Master Mo's treatise on settling doubts, the Mo Zi Li Huo Lun, most certainly looks down on the audience and isn't terribly respectful. To imply that what you have to say can't possibly be appreciated by your audience at that time? Well, that's kind of a distant cousin to last week's episode that introduced Chu Gao He Gua. This saying, is our English version of to cast pearls before swine. It says that what you're presenting can't be understood and certainly not appreciated by your audience. To play a lute to a cow, you're wasting your effort. So you could remember this one next time you see someone blathering away in vain about something and the person they're directing this to has no idea what they're talking about. You can tell that person, hey, forget it. You're wasting your time. You're preaching to deaf ears. You're talking over their heads. You're playing a lute to a cow. You're casting pearls among swine, as Matthew said. So you could keep this one handy for safekeeping. As I said, I must often resort to this one from time to time. Once I took a bunch of people from China to the Met to go see this ballet. And when it was over, one of them asked me, oh, what did I think? And I answered, uh, I didn't know enough about ballet to appreciate it. The beauty 
and meaning of this performance was lost on such a Philistine as your humble narrator. That is all I have for you this time. Laszlo Montgomery here on behalf of the whole team here at the Chape Chengyu Yenqiu Zhongxin, reminding you to also check out the China History Podcast and the Tea History Podcast over at teacup.media. And also, don't forget, if you're flying Cathay Pacific, this very Chinese Sayings podcast and the venerable, internationally award-winning China History podcast are both available as part of Cathay's in-flight entertainment system. If that doesn't help you get some mid-flight Zs, then I don't know what will. Okay, that's enough grandstanding for one episode. Take care, everyone. Hope to see you again next time for another musical episode of the Chinese Sayings podcast.